Welcome to Meditatio Podcast brought to you by WCCM. I'm Leonardo and this is our February edition. This program we're going to talk about a teacher in Jacksonville, Florida, speaking on the benefits of meditation for children. Christian meditation, changing lives of inmates in Hong Kong prison. A silent retreat led by Sarah Bachelard in New Zealand. Thanks for downloading and I hope you like it. Hello, my friends. In the end of January, Father Lawrence took part at a day seminar for teachers in Jacksonville, Florida. Let's listen now to a conversation between Father Lawrence and a teacher on the benefits of meditation for the students and for the teachers. So what, uh, what effect do you think meditation has on children and uh, in the classroom and uh, how does it help the teacher? They say that it makes them calmer and less stressed. And I think because of that, they're able to um, display the fruits of the Holy Spirit, which is like kindness. They're kinder to one another. They're more patient with their teacher and with one another. Um, I also think that they don't react. They rather take a meditation moment and respond whenever they're in a situation where there may be some conflict. I think it's a beautiful way for them to all come together no matter how different they are. Um, they're all alike when they're in the presence of God. And if you ask the students what is their favorite thing about Christian meditation, they'll tell you that it's a great time to spend time with God. And they'll even say not so many people ha do that anymore. Uh, one of the students said it was like third grade unplugged. And um, I thought that was very interesting. How does it help the teachers well when you have a more cooperative class that is more patient and kinder to one another it saves time and it makes it from a more of a pleasant teaching experience yeah, and do you have a little ritual in the classroom or? we do um, the kids love to be meditation leaders in the elementary school they like to pick prayers um, we don't spend a lot of time they can choose the prayers ahead of time and then they um, read a little prayer, they like to hit the gong, and then they like to lead the opening prayer that kind of centers us and gets us ready, gets us prepared for meditation. So that's our little ritual and routine. And I like to start it at the very beginning of the school year because then it becomes part of our regular rituals and routines, but one that they actually look forward to. Some years ago, Catherine, a meditator from Hong Kong, had a dream. And the main message for her was, you should take meditation to prisons. She kept that mission in her heart. And today, the lives of some few inmates at the Hong Kong Stanley Prison are already being transformed through meditation. Let's listen to a conversation I had with Catherine. When Father Lawrence came, the first time I really started and understood and understand that uh, it has to be two times a day and 20 minutes. There's no mm -hmm. other way. There's, I even try other mantra. It doesn't work. And then I go back to Maranatha. And then I think that 
that is the time. I think it's it's a kind of um, like two years ago in September, and um, I feel that um, oh that maybe that is the time I should try because his uh, sermon on uh, purity of the heart and poverty of spirit really struck me very deeply, and so I, I started in September, mm-hmm. around October and November I, I had a dream. I had a dream. In a dream that I saw someone, um, like in, in the medieval times, wearing a cloak, red, with uh, with uh, gold lining, and holding a a a stick like a Lord of the Rings type mm-hmm. of white beard and white hair man, uh, Western man. So I, I came to him. I in, in the dream I, I I ran to him, and then I said, "Oh, um, I really want to thank you. The the Christian." meditation really helped me a lot I really want to thank you and then he told me don't thank me if you want to thank me you go to visit prisoners in Stanley Stanley is uh, where I lived and there is a prison in there I never been there but mm-hmm. it's a prison so so it's a very specific um, communication that this yes. is an action visit and then who the prisoner where in the Stanley prison so this is a uh, this is how it started, and at the first six months, um, I tried ways to contact the local uh, prisoner visit, and I, I wrote emails and Facebook messages. Nobody, nobody ever responded to me. Yes. So I, I kind of, you know, think to myself, maybe it is not the time. Uh, and then on during the season of Lent, it's the second week. I still remember in the first week, I kind of talked to myself, oh, this Lent is quite normal, nothing happened. <laughs> and then and then the second week, I met a friend uh, that I haven't met him for a long time. He's a childhood friend. And then he told me, I, I know, you know what, I know a pri- uh, I know um, a priest, a Catholic priest who is now visiting prisoners regularly. So when I heard the bus went, oh, prison. So... So I kind of get in contact with him, and uh, I started, and then it kind of led to my prison uh, ministry. Mm. I, but it, it doesn't start like the way I thought. I, when I thought, oh, and then I, uh, I thought, okay, this is maybe, and then I met Father Lawrence again in that March and April. Father Lawrence said, okay, maybe you, you try to contact uh, James Bishop. This is the prison uh, coordinator of WCCM. So when I get, got the information, from James Bishop, I thought it is like holding a class in the prison, like him, contact the uh, prison chaplain, mm-hmm. organize a class, and then teach prisoners. But it didn't go that way too. Mm. I tried very hard. I know, kind of know everyone. I know the prison chaplain, I know priests uh, who uh, visit a prison regularly, but they don't buy it. They thought it is like a university curriculum for kindergarten students yes. Yes. so it's not for the prisoner it's not for the prisoner in Hong Kong you know, you know yours is good but it's you know too advanced for them mm. so I tried I send them books I, I, I go and see them but nothing happened and uh, during one of the interaction I know um, a, a, a sister a nun uh, working in uh, my local parish, and then she wants she 
uh, visit the prison regularly. Then she asked me, so why don't you, you know, if you want to start, then visit a, a, a prisoner who is just got baptized. And that is Paul in the letter. I see. The, he, he first got baptized last year in March. Mm-hmm. Uh, this is how it goes. And then he said, um, at that time, I can be his, in Hong Kong, I can be his friend. Mm. Just like a personal friend, yes. and because um, Jimmy is a life sentence uh, prisoner, mm. and then he has some pra- uh, family issues that actually no one visited him in the beginning. He is always very angry, mm. and but he he is very happy that he got baptized, and then so so that's why um, in Hong Kong each month uh, each prisoner has two times of social uh, visit. Each uh, thirty minutes each. So because he doesn't have much family and friends, he was in the prison for ten years already. Mm. So I had the chance to visit him like once a month to talk about maybe thirty minutes. I still remember the first time he he, he he's he's kind of a sad story that uh, he was cheated by one of his family members. During the conversation, he kind of told me, um, you know what, I I will never forgive her. I will never, I will never forgive her. And so I kind of tell him, maybe, because I heard a lot of meditation or mindfulness teaching, I said, maybe, maybe forgive herself. Before forgiving her, maybe the first one that you have forgive is yourself. Yes. And I, we kind of talk about like this. And then he asked me, why do you come to prison? And then I told him about my dream, um, the Christian meditation dream. Uh, and then, you know, I even didn't ask him, they asked me, how, how, do you, how can you do that? But he, he really doesn't start at the beginning, in the first conversation. Mm-hmm. After a few months, um, he, um, I don't know why he started, but it's, uh, another strange story is that uh, he had a friend, an Indian friend, also a life sentence um, prisoner. Mm-hmm. They, are, they are friends. And then, and then um, this Paul always asked me, um, hey, uh, there's another volunteer who visits him regularly. Her name is Michelle. Why, why don't you get into Michelle? And I said, ah, it's very odd to, you know, get into someone who is another volunteer. I don't really know her personally. But mm. eventually I did. And Michelle also asked me the story. I taught her Christian meditation. And then we practiced. Mm-hmm. We practiced it because Michelle lived very near with me. The story is when Michelle went to visit Paul's friend, Sonny, an Indian um, prisoner. When Michelle tried to talk to Paul that, uh, I recently, I, I, I picked up a practice called Christian meditation. Before Michelle planned to say that, actually, as uh, the second prisoner, Sonny, said, uh, hey, uh, do you know what is Christian meditation? Out of the blue, no one, no one ever hinted about anything about Christian meditation. He just told him, do you know what is Christian meditation? I got a book, fell on my shelf, my bookshelf, and the book is Christian Meditation that I received 10 years ago. So, so Michelle, how, how, come, how come before I spoke, God's plan is so strange. Before yeah. I spoke, he, 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 uh, he is um, the other prisoner asking the same question. And yeah. so it's kind of a meditation practice started between the prisoners. I didn't know, actually, but they influenced each other in the prison. Mm-hmm. And then uh, he asked the prison chaplain for more books about meditation. I got into our um, coordinator, Lena, and Lena is very kind to give me some books and then I give them to them in the prison. 
And just before I know, they start to practice regularly. And uh, at one time of the, the meeting, um, I Paul told me, hey, every time he would ask me, how is your meditation practice? It's like my teacher mm-hmm. telling me, asking me the progress. And I was like, yeah, yeah I'm doing it. It's, it's, <laughs> it's, it's very good. And yeah. then he told me he's, he felt very peaceful inside now. And then I, and I know that behavior difference is that last September, I met him, first met him in March. Last September, he told me that he is allowing his the one that he will not forget, forgive the, the family member to visit him. He haven't let him to visit him for 10 years already. Do, do you keep uh, visiting Paul? And, yes, and, every yes. month, every month. Every month. And, and uh, very good that last month he told me the prison chaplain uh, went to visit them. Not, not always, because there are many prison chaplains. So the, the chief prison chaplain went to visit them and then held a meeting with them and asked them to share how meditation practice helped them. And they even, I think they even practiced together mm. for, what, for, mm. for some time. So I think it is a good start. Every two years, the community in New Zealand organizes a national silent retreat at University of Waikato in Hamilton. This time in January, the retreat was led by Reverend Sarah Bachelard, who leads Benedictus Contemplative Church in Canberra. She spoke on the theme Contemplation, Faith and Active Life. Let's listen to a piece of her first talk at that retreat. Well, we're coming together at what seems like a momentous time in the life of the world. <laughs> you know, don't mean anything in particular by that. But, um, and I, I know there are dangers claiming that we live in uniquely critical times because the crises of every age loom large for those who are living through them. Uh, nevertheless, I think it is true to say that we face enormous challenges as an earth community and that, and that in many of the places we may have looked for leadership to help us face these challenges with courage and truthfulness, that leadership is sadly lacking. And I'm not speaking here only of political leadership, although obviously that's part of it. But I'm also speaking of the systems and institutions in which many of us live and work or are affected by. I'm not very familiar with the situation here in New Zealand, but in Australia, for example, I know of many people struggling to act with integrity and for the healing of the world in contexts that they experience as either compromised or compromising. I have friends who are public servants, I live in Canberra, the public service town, being directed by managers not to raise inconvenient truths in briefing papers. And I know scientists whose research has been defunded according to political ideology. I'm aware of how cultures of frenetic busyness and performance measurement 
in our schools and aged care facilities, hospitals and churches so often seem to take energy away from what is more important and life-giving and the, the kind of the heart of the vocation of those things. Social media and advertising colonise and distort the perspective of many. While families struggle to stay healthy and sane amidst what seems like chronic overscheduling and isolation. And maybe I'm seeing some nods, so I'm, I'm guessing that some of this is familiar in your experience too. I know, of course, this isn't the whole truth. There are vibrant and healthy workplaces and families and people finding generous and creative ways to contribute to the well-being of the whole. But I, I, I wanted to raise and kind of bring to the surface some of the more difficult, more negative aspects of our contemporary situation because I, I think it is necessary for us to be mindful of these as we explore in this retreat questions of contemplation, faith and the active life. Because these aren't abstract questions now. They are matters of urgency. We're all engaged in active lives, in work, in caring, in creativity. And we're all called to participate in the healing and flourishing of our world. We are here for love of the world. You can listen to all talks by Sarah Bachelard in our website. Just visit wccm.org. Before I finish, I'd like to remind you about some upcoming events in our calendar. The Bear Island Holy Week retreat will be held as usual in Bear Island, Ireland from 9 to 17th of April. The Monte Oliveto retreat will be held as usual at Monte Oliveto Maggiore in Siena from 24th of June to 1st of July. And the Jomain seminar led by Bernard McGinn will be held in Houston, Texas from 10 to 13th of August. There is a pre-seminar retreat before that, led by Lawrence Freeman. You can have all information about uh, these events at wccm.org. If you go there, you can also subscribe to the Lent Reflections 2017 by Father Lawrence. And in the next podcast, we should have something about uh, his talk on Ash Wednesday, beginning Lent. This talk will be live webcast, by the way. Just go to wccm.org, you have all this information. I recommend you also to visit the Bonvo website, bonvowccm.org, altogether, bonvowccm.org. As you know, Bonvo is the project of a new international home for WCCM. A small group visited the place again recently and you can see some new pictures at the website. Almost all the songs of this podcast edition 
are from Blue Dot Sessions, a music project with songs recorded at the Blue Dot Studios in Oregon, US. Most of these recordings are copyright free and improvisational. I think they are great instrumental songs, especially for a video and, and also a podcast like this. You can know more about the project at www.sessions.blue www.sessions.blue We're going to finish with a song called Nightlight. Thanks for listening Meditasu podcast. Bye bye.